GG Poker is the biggest online poker site and they have more players than any other on the internet. Why play anywhere else? They have a wide range of games and unique features that you just can't find on any other site. GG Poker run huge tournaments with big prize pools and they hold the record for the biggest ever prize pool on an online poker tournament. There are games for all players at all skill levels, whether you're new to poker or a seasoned pro, including cash games and exciting tournaments like Bounty Hunters and Sunday Majors. GG Poker offer popular games like Texas Hold'em and Omaha to unique games like All In or Fold and Spin and Gold. New players that make their first deposit get £60 in free play, 18+, plus. new UK players only, minimum deposit is £10, full terms and conditions apply, begambleaware.org and please play responsibly. AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients and what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear-headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing a fighting cock for example. One scoop, once a day, before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with the Carnival Bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings. Only at worldsoffun.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Fighting Cock Podcast with me, Charlie Parrish, Flav, T and Ricky. Tonight, we preview issue four of the fanzine, which is excellent and can be pre-ordered now and includes silver foil and stickers. We pour over the bones of the disaster that was Stoke. Windy rises from his deathbed to give us some excellent stuff on loads of players that you can pretend that you know about. Vladislav Bogachevich is someone that soon you'll know about, all thanks to T, and you'll love him as much as he does, apparently. Uh, we're going to preview Hull. We're going to talk endlessly about their owner and uh, Tigers. Um, and we're going to discuss the glory and the misery of being Spurs. And if you're very lucky and get to the end, you're going to hear why Flav was naked suplexing a woman. Yes! <laughs> it's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock! It's the fighting. It's episode 40, season 4 of the Fighting Gut Podcast, and what a day it is to be live if you're a Spurs fan. Yes, so happy. Feels so good. Full of beans. To be fair, I've been drinking in the sun, smoking a bit of weed. I I haven't been doing that, I'm just trying to appeal to our urban listeners. That's that's not racist. (laughs) Definitely not racist. No. It's racist that I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I apologise for that as well. Stop being racist, mate. I try, but it's in my blood. Can't help it. <laughs> Come on, the Tories. No, I don't mean that. Don't do so. No, I didn't mean that. I didn't. I didn't mean that at all. <laughs> how, how is it? We're thirty-five seconds in. I've apologised twice. <laughs> how is everybody? Good. Ricky, how are you doing, mate? Good. The sun's shining. I've got some beer. Yeah. With friends. <laughs> don't want to talk about Tottenham, but I have to. You do. See how you doing, mate? Sweaty, but fine. And we've got the Fighting Cocks, Charlie Parrish. I uh, I swelled with pride when I saw that. Yeah. It's like the best moment of my year. Absolutely. Stuff. Thank yeah, you we, very much. We tweeted out that um, we're having the Fighting Cocks, Charlie Parrish, on the podcast this evening, and he also works for... Who is it? The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Yeah. No, big stuff. Good uh, to be back. Uh, yeah. It's such happy circumstances. It's a pleasure to get the call. Actually, you've come, come on the podcast a couple of times when we've lost, I think. I, um, you, you've got a bad record of appearing after a loss. Post-traumatic defeats. I don't yeah. know. There was one before the cup final. I remember we spoke a lot about the cup final. There was one after the Chelsea game, maybe? Yeah. Anyway, I'm the bearer of bad news. How's things with you, Charlie? Things are, things are really good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm a bit... You know, Spurs are a bit miserable right now. Yeah, but we've got to find a way of making this podcast a positive. Absolutely. I've got and happy. I am gonna be relentlessly upbeat about everything. Good. That's good. Decided that's gonna be my thing tonight. I don't, what I, I'm I'm a big fan of what the Spurs show have done. Always have been. Always been positive about them, obviously. And um, uh, is that another apology? Oh no, probably not. No. Uh, Nearly. But they. <laughs> 
Uh, one of the reasons why I stopped listening to the Spurs show was because of the negativity on it. Mm. Um, and I, I think the Fighting Cock should always be a positive podcast. Otherwise, we don't want to mi- make people miserable. Miserable. We don't, but we need to tackle the issues. Yeah, the big issues. T- uh, t- tackling being one of those things about our defence. <laughs> <so. laughs> no, they're not doing that. Yeah, that's all the cup fields. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but Harry Kane perversely he's, yeah. he's doing a bit of tackling. <laughs> Charlie, you're playing at White Hart Lane next week. I am, yeah. I've been invited to play in an Under Armour media type thing. Mm. Um, it's just after my birthday, so I'm like impossibly excited about it. Are you really good at football? Um, I was all right. I'm probably going to put... I used to play central midfield and I've sort of progressed backwards <laughs> yeah. to the point where I'm now... I'll be the slowest right back White Hart Lane has seen since Charlie. But all maturing footballers do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All maturing footballers uh, end up sort of fading away into the. Yeah, the I just figured like the ball would be as, like quite often quite far away from me if I'm like right in the corner. Do you think that when the ball comes to you, because I've I've had experiences even playing eleven aside with a new bunch of lads or a five aside with a new bunch of lads, and you get a little bit of panic when the ball comes to you. Terror. Yeah, absolute terror. <laughs> no one, unless you've played football, you can't really understand what that feeling is like when you're playing a bunch uh, uh, amongst a new bunch of lads. And the ball comes to you, and, and obviously all eyes are on you. And you know, as T did in the Legends match, uh, kind of faded, faded away as a player ran past. Him. I had a good game. <laughs> he never talks about that. I don't want to. That's the boring <laughs> bit. The fact that you did all right is, is irrelevant. The fact that you let an, an ex-semi-pro or an ex-pro just steam past you. I would never. Have that caught sounds. Him. That sounds understandable. I would never have caught him. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just. I preserve your energy. The mate. struggles I had against uh, Stuart Nevercott. <laughs> it was literally playing against the monster. That should be the name of your autobiography. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, summed, that was the best bit of my life and the worst. <laughs> and getting uh, smashed to bits by uh, Danny Maddox. Oh, yeah, uh, who, who played apparently six minutes of a youth game once for Spurs and class as a legend. Apparently. Oh, it does. Keepy Char- Danny Maddox. Right? Charlie, yes, right. even though you're playing right back... Mm-hmm. And you're playing on the Hello Turf or Wild Lane. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people there that are just there because they've been invited and it's a chance to play football at, at, at Premiership Ground. I mean, are you going to be trying your utmost to uh, score? I mean, I can only imagine, <laughs> like, if I was in Park Lane, like, I smashed the ball home in Park Lane, and even though we were like 10 nil down and I put one in, yeah. I would be doing like Tamuri Kitspire up to the advertisement. <laughs> Foot through it, people trying to celebrate and clap me. I went, fuck off, you cunt, <laughs> spitting at them, just like, yes, come You're on. The crowd Even well. though no one's there, go, yeah, fucking have that. I love that. Will you be doing that? Absolutely. I'm yeah. Like a goal hanging right back from the last 10 minutes. <laughs> Run, <laughs> running away to the away end, even though no one's there and cupping your ears. Absolutely, yeah. It's funny oh. you mentioned how special playing at White Lane could be because obviously at some point over the next five or six years, the ground will be torn down. Yeah. And uh, it probably wouldn't be as special playing at the new White Hart Lane or wherever it's going to be called. Um, but anyway, to mark the kind of fact that this is definitely happening, given the fact that Archway still have capitulated in their um, fight against Spurs to stay, there is going to be a new stadium there. And what we've done with the new fanzine, which is available to pre-order right now. So if you're listening to this, go to our website, thefightingcock.co.uk, uh, go to forward slash shop, fightingcock.co.uk forward slash shop and pre-order the fanzine. Um, it's all about Wild Lane. 
So I could do this right now? Right now, Ricky? What, you mean I could get on my phone and do that right now? Not at this second, no, but if you were listening to it and hadn't, you know, been involved in the actual recording, then yes, you could have done that. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, Yeah, so so, so get on there. It's all about White Lane. It's all about what a great stadium it is, Um, the memories that we've had there. Just, I mean, what what are your memories of White Lane? I mean, if you think about a kind of definitive moment, I think for me it was when Klingsman scored against Sheffield Wednesday. That was, uh, which was kind of like it came over his shoulder and he hit it in the volley, not not the away. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, gonna yeah say, it yeah. kind of anyway. Klingsman scored this goal from just outside the the box, and he he was celebrated by twirling his arms around and looking to the heavens. Yeah. And it was just for me looking back as a kid, <clears> my dad took me at that at that memory, and I was just. That kind of sums up what White Hart Lane means to me. There's many things, but that one sticks in my head. I started off in um, Block 23A, which is uh, Paxton in the corner towards the shelf. Mm. Um, and that's when I used to wear my blue and white jester's hat with bells on when I was a child. I never knew you did that. Yeah, I did do that. Are there I got, pictures? Uh, yeah, can there mean, are pictures, okay, yeah, good. lots of pictures. Can we sweep them with this uh, podcast? Yeah, you can indeed, yeah, yeah. Will you send them over? I'll send them over. And I was wearing a yellow and blue umbro topman coat I think as well and then I kind of uh, I remember the wooden seats I remember when Spurs played Arsenal and Popescu scored and we won 1-0 and I stood on my seat and as I was celebrating my sister knocked me with her elbow Yeah. uh, and I fell between the seats so the seat went straight (laughs) up into my groin (laughs) and uh, and then as it's a folding seat I went back down so my then ankle was caught in the seat while everyone was euphoric and I was just there with a broken groin and a broken ankle laying there and then I eventually moved over to Park Lane which I've been a season ticket holder there for 10 years so... Moving around the ground, I've been to, I've, I've been shelf, south, north. I've even been in the west. But that is the, but, the one memory. But, but you know, you've got. I, I, I have got lots of memories from around sitting around the ground. T, I've got loads. Nothing that stands out. Um, probably um, into. It's fairly recent compared to you guys. It's quite rubbish. No, no, that ain't rubbish. What was it? Just the, the whole game, the whole atmosphere. Yeah, to be fair, the atmosphere at that game was so incredible. Mm. Yeah, it was. Um, I think I said before on the pod. I think the, I think when we, we opened the score in the first half, was it Van der Vaart or Modric who scored? Van der Vaart scored the first goal. Yeah, he did. And when he scored, we just couldn't believe. There's like a moment of silence. There's like almost a split second of silence, and then everyone is, the whole place just erupted, and that's probably what I remember most about. It was at that time when White Lane was at its best, certainly in the modern era of football. And for obvious reasons, we were flying. We had some great players, some incredible players. But well, say, James Moore mentioned last week that um, I think when Santini came in, we had um, Frank Arneson, and I think that was a pivotal moment mm. for the Spurs we've seen. Now, because from then, they've been in an upwards, upwards um, trend, really. Yeah. And, um, and I feel that game was a pinnacle of that. Um, weirdly, the main... One of the first ones I always think is a bad one, which I think is an important point about supporting Spurs, is that you have as many terrible, unsettling moments as you do wonderful ones. But I remember me and my mate Chris, who we used to go to Spurs with all the time as a kid, we uh, we were sat right behind the goal at a Spurs-Chelsea game in it was about 98 or 99, or maybe 97, anyway. Yeah. We lost 6-1, and it was one all at half-time, and we saw Tor Andre flow 
scored four goals. Oh, like when we were sat silly. right behind, we were so excited that we got these seats right behind the goal. Oh, I and I just remember thinking, like, this is this is what supporting Spurs <laughs> is about. You need that. It's a bracing experience. <laughs> I always remember as well before the uh, megastore was there on the corner of Park Lane, that in white white. Uh, white letters graffiti was uh, Ken Dodd's Dad's Dodd's Dodd's Dead. Dead. And I just remember every time, like, because as a kid, I'm walking down Seven Sisters Road and I didn't know where I was and where the ground was and I was always looking out for, oh, Ken Dodd's Dad's Dodd's Dead. I know I'm near. I love the fact they never, like, painted over it for years. You know know some clubs, they campaign as Arsenal done, they want the clock back and Mm. and we've even even done that a little bit with that little clock outside of uh, the West End that's now inside the stadium. But maybe we should campaign for get... Ken Dodd's dad's dog. <laughs> Fuck Bill, yeah. Bill Nix's gates. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on any wall around the stadium. Or in fact, we don't need the club to do that. Someone with a spray pa- uh, uh, spray can yeah. and a propensity for graffiti. <laughs> Are you putting your hand up? To I was putting my hand up to do it. Yeah, to put myself forward. for yeah. responsibility. <laughs> and it is a responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. You got um, to do it right. I was going to say my the other. I don't want to just mention miserable times. Mm. That that atmosphere at the Arsenal game this season, we talk about sort of atmospheres perhaps not being what they were or whatever, that was as loud and as passion fueled and as exciting as I think I've 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 seen White Hart Lane. Yeah, it's just that's unreal. Amazing. And it's just such a shame that that was basically it for the for the season. <laughs> okay, so everything we've just talked about pretty much sums up what's going into the next fanzine. Um, we've got articles from Bardi. He talks about how uh, memories are made and, and the importance of the moments that happen at White Hart Lane uh, and what they mean to the stadium. And it's a lot more than bricks and mortar. Uh, Rob White talks about Europe at the lane and the glory, glory nights of the 60s. Um, Raj Baines investigates the financial aspect of moving to a new stadium and has some surprising and unsurprising findings. Um, we've got Seb Stafford Bloor, who is who was Premier League Al, but now goes under the moniker of SEBSB on Twitter. Uh, he writes about what we're potentially going to lose when, and, well, not if and when, but you know when it all comes crumbling down. Some good people. Absolutely. We've also got uh, Zoc, or Zeno Citium, as he goes by. Um, we're putting together a, a Memory Lane documentary. It's been in the making for about the last two years, but actually is making headway now. Uh, he goes into the history of the stadium and White Hart Lane and what it means to the community and how essentially the club is responsible for ensuring that people can make a living, can that there is a sense of community there, and given the fact that it's such a you know, such a high level of poverty and um, hardship in the area, if you can, given the fact that it's in Harringay, um, you know he goes over that sort of stuff. But the key thing is about what. The, you know, the White Hart Lane means so it's a, it's a fantastic piece of work and it's the one I'm most proud of out of all of the fanzines um, there's some amazing illustrations uh, some amazing design work from uh, Barry Slater so and also actually what I should say is anyone who pre-orders gets a special edition front cover with a silver foil wow Rain. it looks the absolute bollocks I never saw, knew that yeah we saw a sample of it um, this week Amazing. and so if you pre-order you get a special edition of this and it's only happening once never going to happen again uh, but this is a kind of special issue we don't usually uh, have a uh, kind of 
we don't dedicate an issue to us uh, sorry an issue to a certain subject but we have for this because white outline is an important thing anyway let's move on oh one more thing issue two you can buy download only uh pdf because we run out no more no more no more all gone no more no more all gone shit man yeah, you better go on that rick yeah mate have you got a copy you haven't got a single copy, yeah, have you? You yeah, don't give yeah, a solitary have. fuck about anything we do, do you? <laughs> I have, actually. Have you? Have you read it? What's the front cover? Right? Who, is, who is on the front cover? Is it Mickey Hazard? Yeah, you can't. You guessed that. That's what, <laughs> well, I guess that out of a fucking... One, one, in, out of one in three. It's either Mickey Hazard, uh, yeah, Mickey Hazard Gascoigne, yeah. or a cockerel. Oh, yeah, true. All right, let's move on to Stoke. Uh, we don't really want to, but... Charlie, you watched the game? I watched I watched about seventy minutes yeah. in all in all honesty. I what? think that's all you needed. Yeah, I think fifteen seconds just about sums up that shit show. I what, said I was going to be positive. So what, yeah. what did you what did you think about what? Um, I mean, as as all of Twitter and everyone else was saying, it just harked back to those dreadful Ramos <laughs> days. We just looked, we looked frightened. We looked lily livered. We looked just cowardly for everything. We were. And I, th- I just think more than that, it really brought home to me that, do you know what, teams like Stoke, when you look through their starting eleven, I think they've got like better players than us in quite a few positions. And really? I think, I think no, no one would say that, would they? But maybe it's true. I, th- I think it is true. I think we're getting to the point where we have to we have to put our hands up, as everyone has. A lot of the signings that we made over the last couple of years are just completely average or worse. Yeah. And teams have been buying players in a savvier way than us, and. We've just got to hope that this summer, this new sort of brains trust we've got putting our transfer dealings together, start that, going about the transfer. That potentially transfer is one in a way that Arneson and, like we mentioned earlier, that's that is how we got to where we where we were was by making these canny little transfers, taking punts on players, and them actually panning out. And you know, we've not it's not it's not been happening. This isn't uplifting, Charlie. It's not, is it? Um, oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so it be uplifting. Go on. I did, didn't I? Um, <laughs> The season's nearly finished. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The new shirt's out on Friday. Oh, there, there you're going to be playing in that, aren't you? I might be playing it. Yeah. Oh, nice. No doubt you will. I'm sure this is a, an excellent promotion. You're probably wearing it, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, Under Armour can pay me later. <laughs> they, uh, um, it's a, from, from, from the artist's impression that was leaked earlier, and I hope this is true because I haven't liked the Under Armour kits at all, but there's it's a solid white kit with... Uh, which basically has a kind of um, collar with a spin blue line. That's all I've, I've seen. About. And the AIA is in blue. Which oh, yeah. Actually we, can't, makes... we can't see that, Flav. How have you seen this? Have you not seen it? It's on Facebook. Yeah, but you can't see the sponsor. It just shows the top corner of the shirt. No, I saw a whole kit. Someone, someone must have mocked that up. Didn't look like it. I'm, I, think that, <laughs> I think it's navy blue. Can they do that? That'd be awesome if they do. Now, if you're, if you're right, fair enough. I just put the image out there. Well, there is, there is, it's out there, basically. And it, the whole kit was, uh, yeah. And it, but essentially, solid okay. white with a, a little blue trim where, where the collar is. Nice. It looked all right for the first time. It looked all right. I mean, I know these kits don't matter, but when there's I nothing else... About... Got this, you, you look at it non-stop yeah. you know, for ages. I think you, you, it, you people do obsess it. over it, and I do massively, like a massive 11-year-old, but... I think, you know, it's what you'd have to watch your boys playing in all yep. the time. So, you know. And, yeah, we've had some right old ropey ones, so it'd be nice to... I, I think the memories make the kit more than the kit make the memories. Because yeah. you've got the Danny Rose debut goal. That's one of the worst that shirts. Yellow. Of, that's yeah. that's yeah. one of the worst shirts you've had. You've had Harry Kane scoring 30 goals. Again, probably one of the worst shirts you've had. 
Not gonna be thinking the yellow on home shirts. Here, Although we so. had the, one of the best shirts. That's from our the, one of the best best uh, uh, shirts we've had in recent times is the Champions League. Champions League with, yeah. oh, that was, with, with Crouch finishing. I bought two. That was I a naughty shirt. It was, weren't it? The it was navy blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish we inverted it for the away. Mm. I wish we did that. It's so easy. I know we've talked about this before, but it's so easy to make a good kit. We were talking about this at work today. Just don't so put red on it. Just don't mess it up. <laughs> don't put red on it, <laughs> yeah. first off. But just simple. Simple. All we want is white, navy blue, white socks. Yeah, that's it. Just no funny, don't, no funny business. No and and, and do you know what? If you make it, I was, in, I, I actually don't know. I don't know. I, I, I what I've what I've come to realise over the season. I don't know what supporters want, like what my fellow Spurs fan wants anymore. I thought I did, but I don't. And I, in my opinion, I, I want like a, a polo uh, t-shirt with navy blue, very you know all white. That's it. That's a great sponsor in navy blue, like Holston, just yeah. nice and simple. Have Holston get Good Holston back. Face. Yeah. No one buys that anymore. But it's disgusting. It's, 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 it's their own fault. Really. It's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> I used to try so hard to like it. Out of loyalty, but I always used to look at it as a kid and thinking that's like a Norwich beer. <laughs> Anyway, look, uh, you know what? I, I, I usually read the running order, but and I, and I did this this day, but I didn't miss. I missed this first stat here, which yeah. means Stoke achieved their first league double over Spurs in their history. Yeah, the fact they even done it, you know, once. <clears throat> That's bad, but but this season I think only two other teams have done a double over us: um, Liverpool and City. Liverpool. Mm. So, um, it's not Liverpool terrible. Terrible times, didn't we? There were yeah. two points in the last season where they were really, really, really good. So yeah. Mark Hughes has tactically outmastered uh, Pochettino. Well, to be fair, the first game was a bit of an anomaly in that we were we were a very low ebb. And as I said last week, that that game was kind of a watershed moment whereby a lot of those players got dropped. We kind of reinvented ourselves and they went on a, went on a bit of a run. Remember when Vertonghen and Fazio were together in defence and they lost like one game in that like, 12 mm. or something like that. I mean, it's disappointing to lose and the, and the goals that we considered were very, were, were piss poor. Pochettino, as I've said countless amount of times, was a defender, an international one as well, played at a fucking World Cup and he can't seem to organise a defence. Do we, do we blame do we blame the defenders? Do we blame the midfielders? Do you blame the coaching? I mean, you can't, that, that combination of centre-backs can never play for Tottenham again. As far as I'm concerned, you cannot play Fazio and Kiriches together and expect anything other than. But injuries, nonsense. Well, then, but, then, then it goes back to who, who have we bought? Yeah, know, every I mean, squad player we buy needs to be able to serve a purpose. But we bought we bought 13 players in two summers, and as I said a couple of weeks ago, eight of them are pretty much crap. I mean, one thing for me, I've said it on the pod before, and um, obviously I'm saying it again. But like with with Poch and him playing as a centre back, and he played centre back for Argentina. Mm. You would think that with his experience and a lot of managers that come in that have had footballing experience, that's what they know. It's their bread and butter. And that's what they sort out first. And you know, maybe if we weren't scoring goals, you could understand that because that's not his background. But our defence has been shit. It's been really shit. When. You look at our back four, that even the best possible back four that we could choose is still not great. No. I don't that 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 is an issue. That's a huge issue for anyone. You look at any of the other top four clubs, I'm not including Spurs in that, I'm just saying the the, the, the clubs that we kinda wanna emulate, their their defensive four 
is much better better than ours. Even Man United, and and you would argue that they are an that they have had an absolute mess defensively. They've had that what's the geezer? Blackett playing yeah. and, and McNair and Smalling and Smalling. <laughs> But in the article we talked about by Jim Pollard, worst defence in the world. Yeah, we had an he article makes, on the on the fight, front of the fighting cock called um, the worst defence in the world. And he makes a point that um, we've only I think there's only about three teams of letting more goals than us, maybe three or four. And what Burnley, Burnley, Sunderland, Burnley, Sunderland, QPR, and Newcastle. But the point he made was that these there are teams like I don't know Crystal Palace, whose defenders earn a fraction of what our defenders earn. And they can keep. They, they can actually keep clean sheets. Um, I read a stat today. We've conceded more shots and goals than we've actually taken. Uh. No, what, what, what the fuck is that about? We've lost one less game than Sunderland this season. I mean, so where does this? You know, I think Poch has to carry the can. Let me quick here. Um, we talk about buying new players, but how about improving the players you have? The mark of a good coach is getting on the training ground and improving the players. I have so many managers say we don't we don't want to do the interviews and the public stuff. I want to be in a training ground, but then. You're on a training ground and you're not improving players and it's a, it's a concern. See, for me, what I'd like to talk about, obviously we have our back four, but then we have, uh, we, we play 4-2-3-1. So with the the people covering the centre-backs or having protection of, uh, we've got Bentaleb and Mason. So I, I think one of them, you, you would normally have a sitting solid defensive midfielder that that would cover the centre backs. I mean, at Chelsea, if not they, two, sometimes. I mean, at Chelsea, they've got Matic, and then before they drafted in Zuma to mm. help cover as well, um, to help shore up the defence. And you know, Chelsea's record is in, in, incredible at the back. But I mean, where where I struggle and where I, I, I don't actually know is that kind of we have Mason as this player that played as I don't know if he started as a forward number ten. And he slowly dropped back. So he, whether he's learning his trade, um, at playing that far back, um, he's more of an attacking player. Mm. I, I know that he that he's very energetic and he presses a lot. So when he's going out and he's trying to uh, he he's pressing, he's trying to win the ball back. Where does that leave Bentaleb? Is he the one that's covering for our centre backs? Is because I don't think he is. No, I don't I, think he's that sort of player. I don't. Think, I, you know, he's. He's the guy that has the ball, keeps it ticking over. He's um, trying to look for openings and, and keeping hold of the ball. And he has that aggressive side. He, he can win the ball back, but he's not that deep line kind of, I'm going to protect the centre-backs. And when you're protecting a centre-back and someone is um, on coming onto the goal, your defensive midfield would go out, see that person. You'd and think. That, and, yeah, you would think. And if that person then takes them on, as a pass, you've got your centre-back there that's, yeah. that knows exactly what's happening. And then the other centre-back is going to watch the runner. But what's happening at the moment, between our centre-backs and the centre-midfielders, uh, no-one's really there and no-one really kind of know who's to pick up who. And I've, I've watched Fazio and he's been caught in two minds. But do I go to that player that's oncoming? Do I go to the? Do I track the guy? And then Vertonghen's thinking, where's he going to go? Do, do, what, do I do the same? Do I go... Do I? Go, do I run out and, and try and yeah. uh, stop the play? And it's a bit like... Oh, fuck. Yeah, we, we, we don't know who's doing what, who's protecting, so it just seems a bit... I'm just going to quickly say that there's an article and it says, um, so they say Dawson was actually a talk on the communicator when our 
defence lacks the communicator. So a lot of the problems that Ricky just said would be helped if someone who can communicate and tell mm. people where to where to go. Yeah, um, I mean, talking about that midfield protection, the fact that I mean, I think the defining sort of characteristic of of, of Poch in his first season is is his stubbornness for me, and I think that's good in some ways because he's really stuck by a lot of the younger players and he's he's given them the opportunity to ride out bad periods of form and that in some ways has been fantastic because we've seen a lot of a lot of them whether it's Kane or Rose or Mason at points and Bensler really flourish in other in other ways that stubbornness you know he refuses to play Stambouli for example who by all accounts was a really you know, a really solid defensive midfielder in a very decent league in France for a very good team that a few years ago won won the title. Yeah. He was their heartbeat. He was their kind of main character guy in that he drove them on. He was a really good guy around the dressing room. I think he's captain as well. He captained the side for a bit, I believe, yeah. And I don't know if he's fallen in with the sort of French-speaking clique which seems to be, you know, that kind of Capoue, Bayor group, which uh, Pochettino clearly isn't a fan of. But... That that stubbornness to either break anything up, whether it's Mason and Bensleb, which at this point in the season clearly isn't a combination that is yielding particular results at all. But it was once. But it was once. It was once. And but then I think it was once. But you know these are two guys that are still. Even yeah. if Mason is twenty three, it's his first year as a as a Premier League footballer. Mm. He's he's burnt out. You know he's absolutely shot at this point. And yet still, apart from Paulinho coming in for a couple of games, and then he's sort of. Man of the match at Newcastle, and then doesn't really appear again, apart from a substitute appearance here and there. You know, I don't understand why, you know, or I don't get the stubbornness that, that Pochettino seems to have with certain certain players. And I think this is his one opportunity to be like that. I think mm. after this summer, we hopefully would have cleared the decks a bit. We, he will have players that he would have had, hopefully, a decent say in getting. And then I think the knives will be out if if he's not able to, to turn it around a bit more than he has. I mean, for for me with uh, Mason and Bentley there, but I, I I wasn't particularly, you know, sticking the knife in on, on the partnership and what they do. But uh, they're both very young, and I, I don't know whether you know. I I don't think it's for, for Mason. It's you know his preferred uh, position, and when you're asked to do something, it's kind of you. You you go you go ahead and you do it because it's your boss and it's talking to you and it's saying you, I want you to do this. Mm. I don't know for, from personal experience, not within on a football pitch, but within an office. And my boss has said, "Ricky, can you do this?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do it." But then if I'm doing it for eight months, by the end of it, I'm like, I lost the heart and I'm like, I can't be fucked to do this anymore. So we put out a uh, tweet earlier on asking for people's opinions on what was going wrong with defensive problems at Spurs because ultimately, as you can hear from this conversation, no one fucking knows. And no one knows on Twitter, because what we got back was that we the players we bought were shit. We've got to buy new decent players. Probably the most simplistic way of looking at it. Uh, Mason is out of position. He shouldn't be a defensive midfielder. He's actually more of an attacking midfielder. Walker and uh, Vertonghen, when they play together, everything works much better. Uh, the formation we've got isn't right. Uh, ultimately, what I've got from all of this is that none of us know. No one knows. Everybody people si- think they know. Of course they of do. Course, uh, well, yeah. one, one of the one of the tweets we got was putting Yedlin uh, put Yedlin in uh, at right midfield and playing three at the back, so and play him as a wing back. So was that Bardi? No, it was in response to something he said. It wasn't. It, yeah, but look, it's uh, people throw wholesale changes at a problem that is very intricate and difficult to understand, 
And with the thing about Yedlin, if he's good enough, Pochettino's had enough time with him to say, yeah, he's ready to go in the first team, therefore he should play. Just saying, play Yedlin on the right wing because he can fucking run fast is imbecilic. Um, my point here is that ultimately you have to trust in the manager, whoever it is. If it isn't Pochettino, then who is it? If it wasn't AVB, if it wasn't Sherwood or, or um, uh, Redknapp before him, then you have to trust. And that's the point of having a manager to solve these problems. And ultimately, if he can't, that's when you, you have to doubt him. But there is a massive psychological thing going on at Spurs at the moment. The, the season's over. There's nothing to play for. Yeah. The players yeah. can't get up. And that does have an impact. There's no matter, you can't go into a... Particularly t- on a really young team. You know, those stats came out today. We've had the youngest average age of the season. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a really young, slightly immature, in many ways, team that are going to have slumps. They are going to get burnt out. And it's, it's, a case it's now, happening in front of our, our eyes. It's a case now of waiting and seeing. Yeah, just, just wait and see. The season's over. It's fucking boring as fuck now. It's terrible. And let's just wait and I, see. I think they've got, they really need a result on Saturday because we're, we're away at Everton last game of the season, which I can see us getting precisely nothing from. But Hull, Hull, Hull have fighting to get a, for their lives. They yeah. have to get a result. They have to get a result. I think it's a big, I mean, often these end of season results do get forgotten the second the season's over and we start signing players and people get course, excited about yeah. shirts and whatever but I think for Pochettino I mean what is it one win in six yeah, it's bad. it goes out of the season one win in eight that's yeah, that's really that's, bad that's yeah. bad but these, all these things are his job I mean look at the Chelsea game um, the, I think two of the three guys were letting him are fucking stupid I mean I think Faz was an halfway line of one because he, and this is January and now we're in May and we're still letting in stupid gold so that shows that there's no improvement, and I think um, there has to be signs that that is getting that is getting it right, and it doesn't seem like he is. Which, the, which is what the concern is. The signs were at the beginning of the season, though, weren't they? They, they were the, the signs that he had something, and, and we all latched onto it massively. And the fact that performances have dropped off, we're now questioning it, him a little bit. But there are there are positives to take from this season. And, well, and there, there's shit loads of positives, but I'm just saying that in terms of the goals that we're conceding, the way the way that we're conceding goals doesn't change over the season. Yeah, indeed, indeed. There's mass- massive questions to be asked. Um, the one final thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, chance at half-time, um, the we're fucking shit, we're fucking shit, we're fucking shit. What What do you guys think about that? Do you have any issue with it? doesn't bother me, but I can see why it would bother others. Um, yeah. It's a gen- I don't know if it's just a generational thing. I mean, as I said, same thing with the Spursy and Dr Tottenham. It's mm. self-deprecating, and some people just yeah. some people take a bit of solace in you know taking a mickey out of ourselves because mm. it's Otherwise. like self-preservation. But then other people, Bardi, no names, no names mentioned. Um, I have an issue with it. Yeah, I have an issue with it, and that's <laughs> and that's what that's what resulted in um, a couple of kids getting a clump. Mm. I think if you've paid all that money to go up to Stoke uh, uh, in a fixture that the team clearly didn't give two shits about. Yeah, you you can sing whatever you want as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's like you know, if you can't, if you can't, and I think that's one thing I've always liked about being a Spurs fan is that self-deprecation thing. A lot yeah. of fan yeah, bases yeah. really do take themselves very seriously. No names mentioned, Arsenal Football Club. Yeah, and yeah. and we are able to realise how ludicrous a football club we do support sometimes, and that 
that's something I'm quite proud of about being a Tottenham fan. Yeah, absolutely. It's putting your hand up and being like, okay, yeah, fair enough, I admit it, but I, I don't give a shit and I'm going to have fun yeah. supporting and, ultimately, and singing and just just doing what... That's what's going to put a game football's about, isn't it? Just yeah. having a bit of a laugh. And I get why people did get wound up about it, because the same people that paid to, yeah. uh, to go and support their team and have a laugh that were singing that song... There were people down the gangway who were also paid and uh, and ha- had issue with it. But I think took umbrage. There was a throwing beer around. Yeah, all that kind of return didn't help. Yeah, yeah, it probably <clears throat> did. It probably didn't. But I, I don't have a great. It, it's not a massive issue. It's not going to affect the team too much, and it's just a laugh, isn't it? But yeah. last week, we last week they, I mean, a lot of us. Well, I think two at least two of us said there's a self-fulfilling prophecy when we perpetuate these things. Maybe and so. That's probably that's the fear. That comes in when we say Dr. Tottenham and Spursy and yeah. I think even when, Ericsson was asked about yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, when, when some of our best players have been asked in interviews about how they feel around playing for a club with a you know with Spursian tendencies and the players kind of know what that means, Yeah, I think then perhaps it's an issue. Because it is a psychological thing. You know, the, the, the biggest and best clubs, their players... They just think they're going to win every week, and our, we don't want our players thinking they're going to, you know, gloriously muck it up every week because they play for Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All right, that's it from the first half of the Fighting Cop podcast. We've now got Windy, and you know, we're just hoping that his knee gets better. He's been talking a lot about he injured his knee this week, and um, lovely knee brace. All our, our prayers are with his knee. He's got a knee yeah, brace. Soon. Yeah, Chris, come on the knee. <laughs> come on, come the on your knees. Please. <laughs> Hi, Windy here, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loanees, it's a nice easy job for me now that the Football League season's nearly finished. Alex Pritchard played the whole match for Brentford as they lost 2-1 to Middlesbrough in the first leg of their playoffs match. Ryan Fredericks didn't feature for Borough. It's unclear whether he was unfit after returning from injury or just not selected. Aaron Lennon played 86 minutes as Everton lost 2-0 to Sunderland. Lewis Holtby played 58 minutes as Hamburg drew 1-0 at home to Freiburg. And finally, Thomas Gamel was an unused sub for FC Bari once again. Moving on to the youth teams, a young under-18 side lost 3-2 to Aston Villa at Hotspur Way on Saturday. Goalkeeper Tom McDermott made his under-18 debut whilst Jack Rolls made his second appearance off the bench. Kieran McKenna said after the match, in terms of the balance of play and chances, I think it was a harsh result. He went on to bemoan our lack of killer instinct in front of goal. Our under-21s beat Fulham 2-0 at White Hart Lane on Friday with goals from Christian Magoma and Shayon Harrison, their first goals at under-21 level. Hugo Ekiog said after the match, Grant Ward was excellent, broke up play and looked to surge forward. Milos Velkovic was outstanding, great composure, always in the right position, and Chris Magoma took his goal well and has shown a steady improvement in the last three or four games. Ishmael Azawi and Marcus Edwards have been playing in the UEFA Under-17 Championships in Bulgaria this week. Azawi hit the post in the 2-0 defeat to Germany on Wednesday and then scored twice, won a penalty against Czech Republic Under-17s on Saturday. He played the whole of their 1-0 win over Slovenia on Tuesday to secure their place in the quarter-finals. Edwards came off the bench to score England's winning goal in their 1-0 triumph over Italy on Thursday and then played 62 minutes in a 1-0 draw with the Netherlands on Sunday. 
Young defender Cameron Carter-Vickers has been named to the US national team's under-20 squad for the forthcoming FIFA Under-20 World Cup finals. At 17, he's the youngest player in their squad. They're in a group with New Zealand, the hosts, Ukraine and Myanmar. That's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at Wendy Coys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Second half of Fighting Cup Podcast. Thank you very much, Wendy. Thank I, you, Wendy. <coughs> I didn't mean what I just said. <laughs> I do genuinely care about your health. And I hope your knee gets better very, very soon. Yeah, get well soon, mate. Yeah. All right, uh, you had a bit of an episode on the uh, tube on the way to the Fighting Cup Podcast. I did indeed, yes. Um, I got on a very, very crowded train. Mostly when I sat on the train, it wasn't crowded at all, but then it's got more and more people came on. And um, a really large fellow stands right in front of me. And I noticed that his T-shirt was, was a bit small for him, in that it rode up, so I could see the underside of his gut. Oh, the glory, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so it being 2015... You take a picture of these things, so um, you know. So you set you set the phone up. I'm actually reading my Kindle, so I've got the Kindle in front. I've got the phone in one hand, so I try and raise the phone a little bit above the Kindle to kind of angle it, so I can get half my Kindle off his gut. So it looks like you know, yeah. if he takes my phone, look, take a picture of my Kindle. I didn't didn't mean to get this other Kindle. <laughs> so get it all aimed, perfectly zoomed. Big fuck off flash <laughs> comes on the phone. <laughs> and I just thought, oh for fuck oh. Everyone noticed. Go Everyone on. knows. I tried to be like tried to it must have been so obvious of me trying to like move oh, my phone and trying to Poor bloke. And then um What did you do to style it? Well, so I took another picture. But this time off my Kindle. It yeah. looked like you know, yeah, I'm taking a picture of my Kindle, not not you. And it flashes again. <laughs> and then the third time this poor bloke. And, yeah. and then the third time round I got the fucking picture of the page of my Kindle. So See, but this is what you get for trying to shame someone. I know. Publicly shame someone. I know, it's fat shaming and um it is. I'm, I'm I'm genuinely sorry. You um, should be. Yeah, I mean I'm not exactly small myself, but um Yeah. I saw an opportunity and karma. If ever there was proof that God existed, that was it. Exactly, it's, it's calming. <laughs> I look like a cunt, and he's probably in a very good mood right now. <laughs> but something did, uh, something better happened to you. Um, yes, um, for those who follow me on Twitter, at Thelonious Filth, um, you'll notice I've changed my name to Vladislav Bogachevich. Why have you done that? Um, well, when I was a child, I used to get Shoot magazine, and there's a footballer player for Aston Villa called Steve Hunt. Played for commentary before. And they asked him, who's the best player you've ever played with? And they said, it's Vladislav Bogachevich, but no one could ever afford him. So I changed my name to, um, to, to that. Yeah, I'll say yeah. again. And, um, yeah, so, so lo and behold, um, a few weeks after, he's, he's following me on, on Twitter. <laughs> the actual, the real the Vladislav Bogachevich. The, 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 the real Vlad, yeah. Have you um, spoken to him? Well, this is what happened. I said, um, this is a bit niche. You know, Vlad Bogachevich is following me. <laughs> And he starts talking to, and he starts talking back to me. Um, I mean, I think he, I think Love the Shirt has been copied in on a few tweets. He's a really, really lovely guy. Um, he was, he was like giving you uh, like life goals, yeah, oh, wow. uh, advice on. Uh, you, you said, uh, what, what did he say about playing with him? I, I think he said, you know, you've got a lot to live up to with his name. He said, no, we're, we're doppelgangers, and I said, yeah, but my second touch is a tackle. Listen, yeah, but you know, we, we, we can work on that, we there's, can work on there's that. There's still time. Yeah, there's still time. And, you know what, I was, I was reading this as it was happening, yeah. and I was so moved by it, because you don't... There was a time when footballers were human beings, like yeah. you and I. You know, girls in a corner pin kind of thing. That kind of... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and obviously, uh, Vlad was of a time when that was the case, and there's yeah. no reason why he, he, he can't be human. 
No, not all. But the way he was interacting with you, just yeah. it, it's my heart swelled. I want, I want this Vlad more than Kirikan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think everyone does. Um, so what we've decided to do is name uh, Vladislav Bogachevich. Yeah, it's called um, in, in the states it's called Bogey, and back home it's called Blecky. He's um, what? That's Blecky. I think it probably maybe in Blecky. He's, he's Serbian. Maybe in Serbian it sounds more in line of what his name sounds All like. Right, um, but, um, yeah, so Flav had the idea to give a little, a short profile. <laughs> on, but no, it's not going to be every week. It's not going to be like the well, Botswana. Yeah. Botswana meat commission or anything. But um, He's now, just just before you go into this, yeah. he's, he's the Fighting Cocks, uh, officially the Fighting Cocks' favourite ever footballer, non-Spurs footballer. I hope yeah. we're not being catfished by the <laughs> yeah, that would weird be. Eastern European <laughs> that would be niche, niche footballer. It, it could be his agent for all we know, but... Could be anyone. No, it's him. Could it's be him. your mate on the tube with the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> After he's that, maybe he'll, he'll unfollow you. <laughs> but um, but no, um, he was um, a Yugoslavian footballer in the nineteen seventies. Um, played for the great Red Star Belgrade teams of the seventies. Um, fans of an older vintage will remember a goal he scored against Liverpool in nineteen seventy three. It's a really good volley, actually. I put it on, on Twitter. Um, but more famously, he played for the New York Cosmos. Um, Pele, in, I imagine. Yeah, in 1977, alongside Pele, Carlos Alberto, Beckenbauer, Beckenbauer and yeah. the great what? Steve Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, he, was, he was a five-time All-Star, um, you know, three-time assist leader, and, he's, and now he still lives in New York. He's got his own little training programme. So, um, so yeah, Bogacevic. If he scored against Liverpool, he's got my shout. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, Pilgrimage, fighting po- co- pilgrimage to New York. To no, he's, he's got he's got an academy apparently for players of all abilities. Oh. So see him maybe one day. We'll get over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can do ten keepy up. You take me on that. <laughs> do you remember that when you was playing as a kid and yeah. the, the, the the gauge of whether or not you're allowed to play is how many kicky uppies you could do? Still a subject, man. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? Record's probably about seven. <laughs> You can do seven keep Vlad's gonna Vlad's yeah, gonna get no, you that's double the, that, figures. That's the record. Honestly, if you speak to him on Twitter, he will sort you out. He'll talk to you about technique. I hope so. Yeah. I've, tr- I've tried ever since, man. <laughs> anyway, Vlad, <laughs> if, if you're listening, and I hope you are because we're gonna tweet you this. Um, we salute you. Yeah, we salute you. Absolute legend. And this is the kind of stuff that makes football. I please, mean, not... please don't be a massive fat man in Coventry. Please. <laughs> <be> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to Hull. Um, final home game of the season. I saw someone trying to sell tickets for £200 on, on StubHub for this game. I don't know if, it, if it's going to sell. The whole fans. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm confident, as I always am. And, you know, I kind of, it's a little bit sad because we could send Michael Dawson down. You want to do Not that? just Dawson. Uh, yeah, Huddleston. Yeah, but they don't. I've got, I'll always have a soft spot for Hud. Yeah, no, not feeling that. Yeah, no, I, I think it was good for Spurs, but it's not the same as Dawson. No, it's not yeah, the, the fans aren't. The fans aren't exactly happy about him either. Um, the whole fans. Yeah, they're not happy with Huddleston. They started off quite well. Yeah, it's mm. kind of tailed off. He's been banging um, on the biscuits, isn't he? Well, yeah, but they love they love Michael Dawson for reasons I pointed out earlier that he's vocal, he's a leader, mm. and as as Flav just said, he's just an all round, all round nice Wonderful guy. Wonderful man. Yeah, mm. yeah, that would be kind of horrible, wouldn't it? Send them down. Uh, uh, maybe he'll, he'll get a move away from him. Exactly, he'll, mm. he'll, he'll get a move. He'll, he'll, he'll struggle. Bournemouth. Do all right, Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah, he would. That's not... glorious to see, actually. Ball. Yeah. He'll be on the seaside if his trousers rolled up. Yeah. <laughs> they want Berbatov as well. <laughs> oh, I heard about that. Doors yeah. and Berbatov. Oh, we'll take him. Yeah. I'll take him back. Get him back in. <laughs> it's all support Bournemouth. Thanks. My imaginary Bournemouth that I'm 
creating. <laughs> it's always good when uh, an unsuspecting team comes up because you're thinking, right, that away day, that looks a little bit special, a little bit tasty. And you loads of points for that. Yeah. Well, how, how big is their ground? It's small, isn't it? It's a little. 12. 12 yeah. Is that allowed? Like Brentford. Brentford's 12 got people. <laughs> 12 Brentford has still got a standing tier, haven't they, behind one of their goals? They They'd have to knock it down if they go up. Oh, temporary seat and yeah, temporary seat. And they 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 were played in that epic game against the uh, two one down after the first leg of the Middlesbrough. You mean semi-final. Yeah. Oh, I'm mixing the, them up. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. They're all shit little clubs, aren't they? Interested <laughs> in <so>. But um, <laughs> but just 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 to speak about Hull a little bit more. Um, a few Hull fans are calling for Steve Bruce's head. They spent a lot of money. For example, they bought um Hernandez, who cost about ten million, and he's just done. Absolutely fuck all since he's joined. I got Ramirez there. Uh, um, I'm not sure when they bought um, um, Livermore. Was that the season before? Yeah. 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 Or did they make it permanent? Yeah, they made it permanent. He's on loan. So he ain't yeah, coming back, is he? No, 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 fine. no, no. He's gone. He's gone. They've all gone. They've spent a fair bit of money, and you know, I think the fans are just just a little bit unhappy. And then with mm. um, with the whole City Tigers thing as well, I think there's a lot of doom and gloom around the place. Yeah. I do hope we, we we get the result we need. You know, but then Newcastle going down would be quite funny. So. Yeah, oh, that would yeah. be good. I mean, you're you're willing to sacrifice a home defeat. I predicted a one nil home defeat. So, I mean, I don't think any of us would be too shocked if a sprightly hole with something to play for turn up and get a little one nil away win. Is anyone here old enough to remember? Oh, you will be T, but uh, <laughs> you're older than me, and I remember it. Is what I'm saying. Uh, Gordon Strachan keeping commentary up. Yeah, 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 I, yes, yeah. I do. Yes. Uh, I remember the coach coming mm. in, and uh, it was one, a game where we bought kind of like my family bought wives and people to, to one of the like last games, and mm. the coach came past, and my dad like walked over to the coach, started smashing it on the side, and Strachan looked out, and my dad was stuck his finger up at him, was like, "You're going down, mate. You're going down." And then we were all sat in Park Lane, I think it was, and uh, a stripper. Some bird took her coat off and ran on the pitch, and we were like, I don't remember that. "Yeah, yeah." Honestly, Park Lane, some some bird come on, tits out. This story does sound a bit fantastical. No, yeah. honestly, honestly, <laughs> honestly assaulting it Gordon Strachan, strippers. <laughs> he did assault. He assaulted the coach. <laughs> so that happened. That happened. All right, all Definitely right. Happened. That. I remember sending Birmingham down a few years ago. That was that was quite good. Yeah, I don't remember that. Remember Pav, Pav scored, scored that too. blinder. Yes. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. What, what is the glee of sending uh, big clubs down? Like everyone wants Newcastle to it's go down. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. I think just to serve Mike Ashley right for running a club with zero ambition. I think that that's the main motivation. Mm, absolutely. He's also got his fat fingers and fucking Rangers as well, isn't he? Mm. Oh, that hasn't he been kicked out now? Oh, I no, don't know. Yeah. Has he? Stop being greedy. You go down for being greedy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, Hull City, I mean, we could preview this game. I think we're all getting to a situation now where just no one gives a fuck anymore. I think it's, as I said in the first time, right. I do think, it's, I do think I'm, yeah, I'm oddly impassioned by <laughs> a game that means nothing. But I think it does mean something. I think it's important that we get one more decent result going into the summer. One last hurrah. Otherwise, as I said, what, that'd be eight games. We have there to are show... only 38 games in a league season. We've got eight games without a win going into a summer I don't, and also I, I am a pro Europa League guy as well and I do want us to yeah so do I to finish, to we've, finish we've got to show you something sixth, from uh, the fifth no sixth yeah. result against Stoke we have to show you yeah we've got some got to put some pride back in that shirt because it was just abysmal Danny Rose is back 
Good nice. news. That is good news because he's full from the the team by injury, as coincided with the fact that we've been utter gash. Yeah. And no Vlad as well because he got sent off, which is wonderful news. Yeah. It's our final home game of the season as well, so there'll be a parade after the game. Everyone will be looking at Hugo as he's doing a sentimental way. I don't way. think you want to be spit at the players as they've walked past us. Yeah. So, um, and also, it's a Saturday o'clock kickoff, so anyone who is going can have a bit of a drink up before and after, Mate, probably during. I'm getting smashed. I think I will. I'd rather get smashed with a win than get smashed with a defeat. I'm planning on a Lebron. <laughs> My prediction, Lebron. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think we're going to win. It's fucking hole at home. It doesn't matter. Only Giovanni. Giovanni don't. He don't play there anymore. Do, <laughs> no. do you remember the prediction we <laughs> yeah, made? Yeah, we do. Yeah. The, sorry, I talked about that. Oh, oh the you know, you know, the Giovanni. The predictions we made about um, being offensive towards ourselves uh, on the side of the YMCA in Crouchend yeah. should hole beat us. This That's was true. this is when. Um, Ramos, which oddly compares to what people are saying now about our current team. Oh, God. Uh, we said if, 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 I mean, there's no way we're going to lose at whole home, but if we do, we're going to take drastic measures and display our displeasure by our limp bodies. Christ. In crash end. And how one. And how one. They yeah, did, yeah, Giovanni did, scored yeah. a, a blinding free kick, but he also oh, did yeah, the same at Arsenal. Um, yeah, don't know what happened. Anyway. I think we'll win. I think we're gonna. <laughs> I think we're gonna win two 0 Thanks for bringing that back. Charlie. Yeah, I thought I'd um, <laughs> save me around. Drawsies for me. One 0 home defeat. Uh, I think Crazy in love plays over the PA. No, oh, the classic. Four <laughs> 0 <laughs> uh, Spurs definitely. One hundred percent. No, no issues at all. Um, the, the, they're having this protest. It's kind of resurfaced because they've been able to re-register or reappeal. The, the idea that they're going to change their name from yeah. Whole City oh, AFC to Whole Tigers. Well, Alam, to be fair to him, is um, is probably the most. Uh, if you if you're looking at someone who's responsible for their rise from nothingness to being a Premier League football club, what, I don't get what he gets out of it. Why would he want to turn an entire fan base? And I can't imagine that any whole fan is pleased by this. Yeah. What is what is in it for him other than liking the sound of whole city? Like, there's not suddenly it's rebranding them yeah. as the whole city tigers isn't going to turn them into some marketeer's wet dream in Asia or wherever in America. Well, like no one is, they're not going to become Man United suddenly, no. and everyone's buying orange and black stripy shirts because they're called the Tigers. It's no, insane. It is a bit of a weird situation because it isn't like Man City. It's not like what happened at Chelsea. He is trying to reband because mm. in his words and I, I don't necessarily agree with him I don't know enough to know about I think it, you do I think you're you're his spokesman yeah what's going on well hang on hang I've on. rumbled you well, he, <laughs> his, his words are that what happens when I go because I'm not going to live forever and what I need to do is create a football club that's self-sustainable, which it isn't currently. He apparently pays right. into the club and sustains it. Shouldn't be it. signing all those shit players then, should he? For well, well, that's why that's uh, that's that much grief about mm. Steve Bruce. Not at all. And, and I, I think that what's happening is that he's saying, well, I can market it better as this. I can if I if I'm allowed. Well, originally what he was what he wanted to do is spend thirty million pound in developing the stadium, increasing it by ten thousand, and put in supermarkets and having a what he said a sports festival. Um, the reason why Hull City Council refused this was because there's another festival that happens at the same time that he wanted to do it. 
and Hull City was like, no, nah, fuck you. And he too was many like, festivals, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, in Hull, no like, Hull there's an abundance. Too, too much fun for this place, thanks. <laughs> there's an abundance of festivals in Hull. But apparently, uh, famously, festival heavy. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a clothes festival, then maybe, but no sporting. Ironically, that's probably true. Uh, yeah, so he, he said he tried to find different ways to do it. Now, the problem is, is whether you place someone's idea of what a successful football, uh, football club is against another person, i.e. a supporter, deciding what is important to their football club. So is it about making money or is it about maintaining tradition? For me, always and without any doubt, it would be about maintaining tradition. It's the only thing that's important. So uh, if if they at White Hart Lane to bring it back to Spurs are going to protest or they held up banners, would you take the piss out of them or would you support them? Or would you sing along with them? What, what would you I do? think it's similar to the Cardiff thing. I remember when they were up a couple of years ago and they were singing "We're supposed to be in red" or sorry, "We're supposed to be in blue" rather, yeah. and all the Spurs fans, I think, clapped and sang the same chants. I think is that true? Yeah, I mean, I, I did, and then people around me did, and I can imagine it would be very similar. I hope so. Similar on Saturday. Can you imagine that, though? If you were Cardiff City and you called the Bluebirds <laughs> and they change you to red, yeah. that's fucking insane. But that is what happens when you throw money into it. No, be, man. To so people that own it who paid so much money to get you to where they are, like Vincent, uh, Tan, Vincent Tan? Yeah, Vincent Tan. And Alain uh, uh, has done at Hull. They've invested huge amounts of money and it gets to that point where... You think the only thing is the only thing that's important is either clawing my profit back or maintaining what I've created, their legacy, as it were. And what happens is, is they destroy their legacy because they don't really understand football. Uh, I mean, with, um, with what's a bit different of Hull is that <clears throat> for men, for a lot of the history, they've been languishing in the bottom two divisions of professional football in the league, and um, I think it's been at the helm for for twelve years, and they've gone up to the Premier League. They've really grown as a club. I think that's the I don't know they moved ground in that time. They may not have. I remember the old stadium was called Booth Free Park. Yeah, Casey. Yeah. So um, he's kind of he's kind of re, he's kind of reinvent, reinvigorated the clubs. He's in he's in a lot of credit with their fans in terms of uh, making them mm. a competitive team, giving them competitive, giving them you know the team who are in the Premier League. Where the issue is with their fans is that right now they're fighting relegation. Do you get behind the team yeah. to fight against relegation, or do you protest in a bigger? Um, Obviously, it's on TV. Some Premier yeah. League, you know, Premier League is shown around the whole world. If you protest there, more people will see it. So I can see why the fans are protesting. Yeah. And there's some fans who think, well, no, 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 get behind the team and it's make us stay up. Fans, so yeah. that's the beef they're having at the moment. Relegation and form is temporary. It, it, you can come up, you can go down as, as whole will. Your history is permanent, and if you shit on it, like potentially Spurs will do if they go to Milton Keynes. Then that remains forever in your, uh, you know, for everyone to see. Essentially, how long has the chairman been there? Ages, six, twelve years. Yeah, a long time. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I remember them being in the bottom two divisions mm. yeah. for a long, long. And there's time. no doubt that he's done amazing things. And uh, Ch- change it to Tigers. Change it. Change it. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> I mean, my, my, and most my, most business people would agree that the best way to market and promote your product is by investing in your product and making your product the best it can possibly be Mm. and that to me is the way to build a football team is to make the football team as good as it possibly can I take T's point about the fact that Steve Bruce seems to have frittered away quite a lot of money on very average very average players but 
in changing a name and upsetting an entire tradition, an entire fan base, just seems like a shortcut that is kind of doomed to me. My, my issue is that the fact that you don't actually enjoy football less just because you're in the division below. You don't. The, the people that go enjoy it the same. You're going to have the same brilliant away ties. You're going to have the same moments of glory throughout the season. Is that all, all very well for us to say as a safe Premier League team? Though? I think it's harder for me to say, given the fact I've never experienced it. Yeah. Maybe. I, 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 I would. We, we lost to Stoke and we're going fucking mental. And this yeah, team's imagine gone, imagine if we were about to go Luton. down. Imagine being Luton. Yeah. Non-league. Do you know what? If we were about to go down, I think the Spurs fans would react in a different way to most most support do you think I think that they'd be stoical I think I would come off Twitter immediately Twitter would be <laughs> no, actually a hell mouth <laughs> well, this is the issue is that Twitter people, would just collapse in on us people often compare uh, Twitter or especially people that are on Twitter the only people that are mm. on Twitter compare the entire fan base to yeah. the people it's that like the election if you looked at Twitter during the election you'd think that Labour would have won by a landslide pretty people, if you look at Twitter now you'd think that Yeah. people myself included right Utter cunts on Twitter. They behave in a way that they wouldn't normally behave. Mm. It isn't representative of, of football support. It really isn't. It's a representative of the football support that use Twitter. Yeah, that's very true. And, and I think going to matches really brings that home. Like, yeah. so I, and I always, I always quite like the fact that Spurs are such terrible signal that I can never get any 3G or anything at Spurs. That that's a good when point. I'm there, do you know what? I, I stop looking at my phone. I yeah. stop getting yeah. into these needless debates about fucking Ben Davies or whatever and I just watch what's in front of me and I enjoy the game with fans I talk to my brother talk to my mates I'm there with and actually engage with the with the football and I think we, we you know Twitter does make you forget about football's, that <laughs> football's always been a break from the everyday problems mm, absolutely it's just our church we go there to praise and to cry yeah, <laughs> and to pray to sing hymns <laughs> yeah absolutely but, you know, the flip side to that is that you go to work all week, you're working for someone you hate, and you go to, um, you go, you go to, a, you go to a place where there should be peace, and you're getting beat 3 0 by Stoke, and you've got a bunch of snivelly kids singing that with fucking shit. You can see why the other people lost their shit, but you know, like Michael Douglas falling down. No, <laughs> I've had enough. This is enough. <laughs> Stop this. It's just. I think every, what, what actually happens is everyone takes football a little bit too seriously. Of course. And Nail on the fucking head! <laughs> because it's just... Um, it's just a game. You're supposed to distract yourself from the doldrums of living as a human being. <laughs> it's exactly that. that's, that's pretty bleak, but it is supposed to be a distraction. And it's why, I think, when we're looking at this season, in ten years' time, we won't remember 3-0 away defeats at Stoke. We'll remember Harry Kane scoring two goals against 100%. Chelsea when we beat them 5-3. We'll remember Harry Kane scoring two goals when we beat Arsenal 2-1. Yeah. We'll remember nearly fucking it up against Sheffield. In fact, we won't remember the League Cup. No, no one remembers the League Cup. No, no, no but final. I will remember that when, when Ericsson that. slid that ball Yeah, in. absolutely. I remember Ericsson scoring the last-minute winner at Swansea. I remember him scoring the last-minute winner at... I can't stop. I can't keep saying that yeah. because I clearly can't say it when he's got the winner at Hull. Yeah, no, those are the those are the things, and that's for me has been the thing with this season. It's it's been all over the place. Like we've won games we shouldn't, and we've lost games we shouldn't. We've been so inconsistent. We've been shit at times. Been brilliant at times. Yeah, but moments, moments memories. of unbridled glory. Exactly, there really has been, and that and that's what you have to hold on to. And it's it's hard to do that from afar. It yeah. really is. It, and I it, think particularly as a Tottenham fan, it is important that you savour the good stuff because we doubtless will be dealt 
hand dripping with shit at some point or other. You know, Loris might leave in the summer and all be wailing and moaning about that or whatever. And, you know, Kane might start the season and not score for 10 matches and we'll all be pissing and moaning about that as well. But, you know, Christ, if we can't cling on to some of the, the good stuff as well, then that's all support, you have you're supporting yeah. the wrong team. It's all a handful yeah. of shit slapping you in the face. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's Tottenham. It is. <laughs> it is, but the, sometimes the, the, the hand isn't covered in shit and it's covered in rose petals. And, exactly. And, and, and actually, it's moisturising. Moisturising your face. <laughs> Look, you, look, look, you can't forget the fact that we belong to an amazing football club. We yes, we do. Deliver we do. season yeah, upon do. season incredible, incredible experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just hold on to those. My old, my old man. And I'm not saying, sorry, Rick, I'm not saying don't moan about things when they go wrong. Go, just moan. Go, like, spill your guts. It's fine. Yeah. But remember, while you're moaning, that Ericsson has scored unsold last-minute goals. Kane's emergence uh, at Villa, scoring two against fucking wankers. That header, his, his celebration, his reaction to the mm. camera when it happened. His goals against um, Chelsea. Just and the, the noise in the stadium. Like remember that. Yeah. Like remember yeah. like when he scored that second goal against Arsenal. You you feel a hundred year old stadium shake. Yeah. Like you feel emotion pouring out of your. Some bloke next to you you've never met, yeah. never probably see him again. You know, you've got that fucking bloke in your arms and it means something. And it all really of that does. is as legitimate as the pain you feel when we were shit against Stoke. Actually, it means more because exactly. that's what you're going to remember. More. You know, I d- you see fans of these perennial Champions League clubs glossing over like 3 0 wins against middle of the road Premier League teams. Yeah. Like, fuck that, man. Do you want like, that? Do you I, want that? You know, there is a a reason why we savour those results is because the next week we probably are going to you know that, that Arsenal game we win 2-1 we go to Liverpool lose a fucking heartbreaker 3-2 go on a dreadful run but do you know what that Arsenal game is what what we'll remember as a kid I used to like j- during the 90s and I- even now at times where I'd sit down with my old man in the calf before we go to the game and we'd be talking we'd be a bit down and stuff like that but, fucking Tottenham and why couldn't we do this and fuck this and blah 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 and my old man even though he gets a bit more uh, eggy than I do he'd always say to me like remember the family you were born into like remember our whole family supports Tottenham Mm. and you could have been anyone and think of the history and all the memories that you've that you've that you've witnessed yourself and stuff that's happened in the past, and stuff that will happen in the future. How lucky are you? How lucky are you to be <laughs> born into to have that as your football club? And I'll sit there and think, all right, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fair enough. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so all power to you, whole city fans who are fighting against the uh, the man and lamp. Fight the power. Fight <laughs> the power. Uh, okay, we've got a question uh, from Brooklyn, New York. The guy's name is. Hypothetical self. He's, he comes on uh, the Fighting Got Forum, right? I don't know if he posts that much. I've never seen them before. but anyway. That's where the question came from. It says, greetings from uh, Brooklyn, New York. I'm going to be in central London this July for about 50, uh, 36 hours. I haven't been to London before. He has the option to go to Spurs, or should he spend his time visiting the sites of London? It's a Do bit of both. It's not that far. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's fine. So basically, get some gear in. yeah. That's not what you're saying, Charlie. It's what I'm saying. Get some gear. Thanks for spelling that. <laughs> Get some gear in. Um, watch the game. 
and go out on a the there, there won't be a game. It's July. Yeah. Is he? I mean, go for about, a, sorry, sorry. He's going. You, you've, you've butchered his quest, to be honest. Yeah, it's too long. <laughs> no, but he, he's been here. He hasn't been here since 20, 2003. I think he's saying, no, should, he, should he go to White Hart Lane and sort of witness no, the old stadium? Hang down. on, that doesn't excuse the fact that the question was too long. <laughs> I could have read it if it's too long for you, though. Whatever the question it. is, Flav's answer is get some gear in. Exactly. And then that. deal with the situation. Uh, my, my advice well, would be answers. you can do quite a few things in a day. Yeah. And going to look around White Hart Lane, which will be shut because there's no football match, will yeah. not take you that long. And we're going to Tottenham uh, yeah. on a day when the game isn't being played. Yeah. Not, certainly not as a tourist trip. So you, you should do a stadium tour at like nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, a, do a stadium tour. That only takes a few hours. Yeah. It doesn't take long to look around Take the old trophy room. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is our history. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go and, go and experience. Basically, we've just after the last, the last fifteen minutes, we've given you everything great about Tottenham. Yeah, you don't need to go. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you want to go, go. Do you yeah. know what I mean, but there's, there's great stuff in London also. None of it. But if he's if you're a Spurs fan and you, he's he's never going to see White Hart Lane in its current form, yeah, should absolutely go for one last pilgrimage, my friend. Most That's definitely, an, an excellent statement. Sorry. And by the fans, mm. give him everything you need to know about the lane. Yeah. Uh, anything to say, T? No. All right. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> James Cordier says recently my son walked in on me and my missus doing our thing. How do I? S- <laughs> Fuck, I didn't read this. How do I explain to him uh, what uh, what he's just seen? He's five. <laughs> he is five years old. Shit, man. James Cordier, Facebook. <laughs> I, I had As a parent, Rick, what, do you, what, uh, what advice would you have? Uh, I would probably say mummy and daddy were tickling or wrestling or doing something. They're not idiots. They are. They'll believe. Yeah. They'll believe anything. So right. if you took us a girl in the playground... Shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had a uh, similar situation. <laughs> uh, I'd, yeah, I still go. still go with. You, you walked uh, in on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Have you ever? Has anyone ever done that? I've never done. Have you, no. Has anyone ever heard their mum and dad? No, no, parents. no. I yeah. haven't. Yeah, no, I haven't either. Oh, okay. Have you? Uh, I, I, yeah, I had a situation this weekend. Yeah. This weekend. This weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's oh, not my, my it? parents. Who is it? They're oh, well, well, I, I get it, I get it. She was a parent. Oh, right. I, all I can say is I went into the fetal position at the end of the bed. <laughs> that child's going to have so much respect for you if that relationship goes on. <laughs> Who's the weird man in the fetal position? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when my head's in, head's in my hands? I don't know why I've even fucking mentioned it. Uh, in any situation when you're caught doing anything, I always think just pretend you're drunk. That's not going to help five-year-old kids if, you, yeah. if you're outside or something like that and you've done something stupid, just pretend you're drunk so what, and what, you out of something. What I actually did is uh, put her in a suplex and pretend we were wrestling. <laughs> Don't neck, worry but... about the erection. <laughs> <laughs> what, as she's going over, saying, Don't worry about the erection. <laughs> <laughs> Your stepdad's happy. He's happy. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Uh, well, I hope that answers your question, James. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cheers, James Cordia. Yeah, wrestling. That's the way to go. Two <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it from the Fighting Got podcast. What a way to end. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, thanks so much for coming on the Fighting oh, Got podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah. Are you coming back? 
Um, never. Never, no. <laughs> I'm not coming back. If I could get away with it. Ricky, so much. Thank you so much for coming back on. Safe. Safe. T, you're okay. Yeah, I've recovered from my laughing fit now. <laughs> uh, please do download uh, Fanzine Number Four. It's the the White Art Lane special. It's the way we fund everything we do. Um, we never ask for money, obviously, because that's bad. No one should ask for money. Is this going to be physical, right? The new one? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. so silver, silver foil. Download. Silver foil. Silver foil. Yeah, okay. silver foil. You can't download it until it's sold out. Um, the, all pre-orders will get this uh, special edition silver yeah. foil front cover. The stickers this time. Yeah, there is stickers. We've re- redesigned the, all of the stickers, so they're new stickers, and we've got some left over from the last ones, so we'll be sticking them in as well. Nice. Uh, it's a really lovely piece of work. The Tottenham don't have a, a fanzine. I've seen the artwork, and it is... It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I, I don't want to say, I don't want to place things better than the others, but... It's, it's better. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. It's looking absolutely mustard. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it, and we all are. Actually. Invest, come on! This doesn't, you know, this doesn't happen by itself. Fans, three pound fifty, exactly. That's all it is. Okay, thank you very much for downloading the Fighting Cock podcast. You can still get the app, uh, buy t-shirts, do all the stuff that we usually do. Go visit the blog, read some of our articles. Yeah. Thank you all for coming down. I've Flav. This has been the Fighting Cock podcast. Actually, follow me on Twitter, Flav. I'm the- <laughs> Flav at... It's getting a bit desperate yeah. now. Flav at... Fuck, what's Alright, bollocks to it. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock! It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock! A camel channel! Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. 
Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.